permission to come aboard. Welcome to the Suicide Squadcast. This is the DC Universe podcast where we discuss the DC Extended Universe movies and TV shows. Yeah, we're all big fans of what DC Comics is doing on the big and small screen, so we will make sure we talk all about it. So thanks for joining us tonight, and let's get started. My name is Tim. And I'm Scott, and we are the Suicide Squadcast, because Tim decided to show up for his own show tonight. Yay! I did, I did. <laughs> well, I, you know, it was going to be hard to do it from Denver. You you just enjoying your time with the bean juice, that's all it was. <laughs> yeah, that's not bean juice, it's human bean juice oh man so no um yeah actually i was in denver last weekend and that's actually the first time i've been there uh, of all the places i've traveled i've never made it out to denver and man i'm just like the whole time i was there and you know and i didn't get to see much basically from the airport to you know the the institute where i was you know meeting with the surgeons and all that so i didn't all i got to do was really see the terrain but i just sat there and was thinking to myself the whole time I was like why am i not living here it's a beautiful area <laughs> so it is i've been there mul- i've been there multiple times actually because Have you? okay my family yeah i Oh, yeah. My family, when I was growing up, you know, other people go to the beach on spring break. We went snow skiing. Okay. So I've been to Denver and Breckenridge and Vail and, you know, all, all those multiple times. Um, so I've, oh, it's a beautiful area and oh, I love the snow skiing. Okay. Yeah. I haven't, uh, ever since I tore my knee apart, like I haven't skied. <laughs> so it's like, I mean, I skied when I was younger, but like, I just don't really have that desire to do it anymore. Like after that, you know, after I went through that, but, um, but just the terrain, man, it's just beautiful. So to all you, you know, guys out there that, kind of live in that area man i'm just jealous i'm definitely jealous <laughs> so but uh, by the way i mean great job on the the, the solo uh, podcast you did uh you did really good and you actually it's you produced the entire show yourself yeah well it's not like it's the first time i've ever produced stuff it's just the first it is however the first time for the suicide squad cast like it first thing non-patreon that i've produced yeah so i i i had fun it was like yes yeah i saw your uh, i saw your message saying hey do you have the intro and outro and i'm like and actually you'd found it long before i was able to even do anything about it so it just well no I had the I had the outro it was the it was the new Aquaman intro that I was like it wasn't in the intro folder ah okay so, <laughs> so I was like and then so I, but I just did a search of the of the drive and you have it somewhere else so I it somewhere went, else good there it is yes nice download yeah so that was good so um yeah so thanks thanks for taking care of that with me not being here and what what by the way what happened to Brent oh no 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 that that is that is not on Brent whatsoever I even explained it in the episode did you not did you not listen to the episode I totally <laughs> let Brent off the hook on that one. Okay. Because when Brent was finally ready to record Friday night, I was too dang tired. Uh, I was like, Brent, okay. I was like, Brent, I don't, I, I can't bed. <laughs> <laughs> my bed felt too good that late at night so nice. no i was just like i'll do this i'll do this puppy solo okay oh, that's cool though well uh guys i just want to uh, remind you all that we are part of the suicide squad cast network of shows and that includes dc comics Squadcast with chris and jordan and they're talking all kinds of dc comics and uh i was just i just listened to our last episode and they're talking about heroes in crisis and have you been keeping up with that series no no sh- i haven't read a single issue yet shh 
I've been avoiding spoilers like a freaking no man's land. Okay. It is. <laughs> so you know nothing about Ambush Bug? I know nothing about Ambush Bug. Nothing about Ambush Bug. No, no. It's what a, is it with you and Ambush Bug? It's like you and it's like that's like you, you like Andy and Blue Devil. I don't understand. Yes, that and uh, there's a couple other characters I just love like that. So, um, but no, it's actually it's a ton of fun listening to those guys and and I'm really I really love their take on when they've been talking about Heroes in Crisis because it's 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 an interesting discussion so go check those guys out we also got dc tv squadcast and fans without borders two different shows that ray and brent put out and what are they talking about this week uh well dc tv squadcast will be, probably be one of the longest episodes in history <laughs> because they have gotham young justice and all the cw shows back yep. <laughs> except for maybe black lightning i don't know but their their play's gonna be big fans uh i don't know what they're gonna be talking about this week yeah so. what if they'll be talking about split or not split but i mean glass i mean yeah no no they won't be talking about that yeah probably that, not. Br- no so that that won't be happening i however did talk about glass on something that we need to talk about since you know we do always like to thank our patrons over on patreon.com squadcast media where you can get it for five dollars a month you can get exclusive um RSS feed with audio that is not released to the general public including our Suicide Squadcast movie show uh, which by the way we're all still waiting for X2 to drop you know yes. tick tick you know get 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 on that Tim uh, and also my my new solo review show Scott Shots where this week I did two episodes I did a review of last week's episodes of Young Justice and I also did my non-spoilery uh, initial reactions to Glass because I went Thursday night to go see that movie so if you, if you want to hear what some of the Squadcast people, well, me, think about Glass, go go check it out. It's like five minutes. It's, you know, I, I like recording very digestible. They're all like five to ten minute episodes only for patrons. Yeah, very cool. Very cool. All right. So, you know, before we started recording, I was, you know, breaking down some of the notes here and taking a look at things. And uh, there's not a whole lot that I just feel like we should, you know, need to talk about this week. So we sent out a message to on Twitter to all the listeners here saying, hey, you know, we're going to take some questions. Uh, I was taking a look at it. There is a ton of of uh, questions already dropping in there, so we'll touch on that after just kind of a short bit of news recap here. I know it's going to be fun. It's going to be fun. Yeah, I always enjoy those listener, you know, because we don't. That's that's one of the things that I would say, you know, we we're not the best at. Like I like listening to, you know, Chris and Jordan. Like they take tons of like viewer emails and all that, and uh, and that's always good. It, it, it's it's just something because of the unpredictability of news and all that. We just haven't really done a lot of here. I like the option, like on some of these, you know, weeks where things are looking pretty slow and all that, and there's just not a lot of big news um, to just kind of drop something out there on Twitter and then like just get some questions kind of like really at the spur of the moment. It's always been a lot of fun. Or if you're Langston Travis, just wait, you know, a year for us to eventually answer all of his questions. You know, it happens sometimes. <laughs> I saw that GIF, Langston. I saw that GIF. <laughs> I knew what it meant. He's never going to let it go, is he? <laughs> no, never. Oh, Langston, we love you, buddy. Shazam! 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 <laughs> Did it work? Tim, I, I think we're here. <laughs> the magic the magic flowed through me. <laughs> oh, man. That thing is just so beautiful. <laughs> oh, okay. So, obviously, the, this is our future selves. Yes. Breaking in to say we have seen the Shazam sneak peek. I mean, the thing's only, like, what, 59 seconds long? Yes. Um, And I don't know how many times I just watched it on repeat because <laughs> I love this thing. Oh, this, it's beautiful. This just incre- this continues to increase my personal hype level for Shazam. I don't know what it is about this movie, but I am so jazzed yeah. for this movie. <laughs> oh, and I'm just going to say this. It goes back like I have 
not been disappointed one bit about the aesthetic of this, uh, the way this film is looking. Not at all. Not at all. And I'm going to tell you right now, the um, the comparisons that we're all making to Man of Steel, it, it's so... It's so there. It's so it's there. It's so there. It's so there. And, it, and there's no way it's an accident. I am sorry. There is no way this thing is an accident. You look at the one where Savannah... It's like, pu- do the flying punch. Just doing like- the flying punch. I mean, oh, God. It's just beautiful. Oh. I, my favorite shot still is uh, Billy running off the side of the building and yeah. saying Shazam <laughs> and doing the transformation in midair and then flying away as Shazam. Yeah. Oh, oh it's beautiful. It looks so beautiful. I, and I love the effect. Like, we saw it in the Comic-Con trailer, but it's a continuing effect that there is going to be that billow, and it's from the comics, but that yeah. billow of smoke that will always come away from him from the transformation. Yeah. No, it's, it's beautiful. I mean, there's just uh, let's just talk about some of the scenes um some of the nighttime scenes just look fantastic i mean you get the one where savannah is chasing shazam and you know it's it's at a nighttime through the uh through the amusement park well not just that but just like through the cityscape um the nighttime yeah, cityscape yeah. and it, it, it just looks it looks gorgeous and and i'd almost swear like i i was trying to figure it out like i had to stop and and take a look at it but like savannah actually i think he has his trench coat on and uh but i'm, I'm trying to figure out like how is he flying because i mean these are not savannah powers right Typically, well, there. Well, I remember something that we've heard is that he was chosen to be a champion, and then it was taken away. He, yeah. he like, yeah, he was chosen by Shazam, right, a long time ago, and ended up not getting it, or maybe he, you know, we don't know the story, but like, so he ended up not becoming Shazam, right. So he's got he's got uh, facsimile powers, right. So th- so it's it's a change from the comics. It's you know he does get magical abilities by the end of. Of the Jeff Johns run, but yeah, this is one of those creative licenses that are being taken with the character, which is which is fine by me. I but, mean, I mean, okay, but like in the New Fifty Two run, didn't he get those those magical powers he got from Mister Mind? Right? I don't remember. I have to go back and reread it. And he it was also, the caterpillar, yeah, because he also didn't get the power to like near the end of the run, uh, or I, I don't remember. Like there was, uh, like I said, I, I'm I'm trying to remember something that I read like seven years ago. Yeah, so. Uh, but yeah, there, there there are there are creative licenses been taking with Savannah's power set, yeah. which I'm okay with. It's Mark Strong and he looks awesome. Yeah, no, he loves playing a villain, doesn't he? I <laughs> know oh, he does. I loved one point where he's saving, where Shazam is saving the bus falling off the bridge, mm-hmm. and it looks like that his super speed is just he actually it almost looks like he transforms into a lightning bolt. Right. You know, as he moves, that looks cool. I also love the on April fifth, he's not so serious, <laughs> <laughs> and I always feel like. Like that's almost a Dark Knight reference. Yeah. You no, know, why so serious? And he's yeah. like, not so serious. That's what I thought too. And then, and then of course the I would like to see a selection of your finest beer, please. <laughs> and I love that the clerk is just like, whatever. Yeah. And and you hear that same that same song from the first trailer. Right. It's like playing on her phone in that scene. Yeah. Yeah. No, uh, that was just awesome. I, I love the, the way he's playing off that whole scene. And and of course we get the little bit at the end there uh, where they're trying to buy a lair. They're trying to buy a. <laughs> <laughs> off a rock, you know, maybe over the cliffs and crashing water. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That. Oh. My yeah, God. Billy is, and Freddy are going to be so much fun. They are. They are. Oh, but man, especially walking into, um, you know, the underground, uh, you know, what do you call it exactly? The underground temple. I don't know what the name of it is in the comics, but, you know, where you get the, the statues off to the left. Oh, the seven deadly sins. The seven deadly like, sins. I mean, completely accurate. Right. The something. It's probably I'm not, I'm not sure what it actually gets called on the comics. That's a it's a 
great point. I mean, it, the Rock of Eternity is in that location. Yeah, I just don't know what it's called. So, but um, it, just the the faithfulness to that, like I was just super stoked to see. You know, we and we expected it. Like when we saw some of the scenes of it, we we're saying, okay, it looks like it's going to be off to the left, but they actually see it because that's the way it's been depicted in the comics so much. So uh, that was so fun to see. But um, I, I just keep going back. Like I just the the aesthetic of this thing is just it, I just couldn't be happier with it. And uh, you know, just seeing the obvious callbacks to Man of Steel, like which I I will maintain, you know, it is no accident whatsoever that those are being done, and that just makes me super happy. It I I am very much excited for this for this film. I like I also remember the scene where obviously Shazam is trying to show off for a crowd. He's like shooting lightning bolts up into the air. <laughs> yeah, he's got a little guitar case down on the on the ground there. So oh, I don't know. Oh, I he's, didn't notice that. Yeah, so I don't know if he if he kind of muscled in on somebody that was playing you know music and decided he's gonna kind of show off or if that's literally him doing that (laughs) so he so is he like trying to get some money from like showing off his powers oh it's 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 fun no i assume we'll probably get like a full trailer reveal maybe this week yeah i'm trying to figure out what i'm trying to understand the marketing strategy of dropping a 59 sec basically a tv commercial like this is a this is like a tv commercial right right like this is a tv spot uh on youtube is I, I don't know. I'm tr- is this sort of like the the joke of we're doing a teaser for the trailer? Like, is this supposed to start building hype for the trailer release? And is this a way of saying the trailer is coming? Do not worry, the trailer is coming. Right, right. I don't know. I, I mean, this is this is like a TV. I mean, this is like a TV trailer. It's like 50 seconds or so. Yeah, so, it's a TV spot. It's exactly it's what spot. this is. And and the other thing too, like we know there's more to this trailer. Like, I mean, there, there's another scene that is just going to make people's heads explode. I <laughs> can't wait till people can see it. Like, can't wait. Yeah. for that so um so that's just another one um but i don't know maybe we are going to get this tuesday so i'm i'm kind of excited like you got to see this little bit today and if we get to see you know a variation of this thing with some added scenes on tuesday is you know as the rumor goes like if I, that would just so be the awesome. rumor is now tuesday well i think that's been a rumor for a little while like it was originally the 19th and then um and then it was said to be kind of pushed back a few days i think to probably waiting for the three-day weekend to be over with you think yeah i think so i think so okay well hey if 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 our next episode is a trailer breakdown <laughs> i am on that <laughs> yeah so i don't know anything else any other thoughts on this thing i'm, I'm kind of watching it to see if there's like anything else i want to mention on this oh, I, I think i think it's time to jump back to our regularly scheduled program yeah i think I mean, so but again are you ready yeah i think so um i'm gonna leap off the building you ready ready all right shazam let's get on with a little bit of the news can you give me a box office update on the one billion aquaman well you you just gave the update, so I don't know what you need me <laughs> for. <laughs> Which I kind of talked about this last week, yeah, but it hadn't happened yet. Yeah, the day the day our episode the day last week's episode dropped that morning confirmed that as of Saturday night, yes, one billion had happened. Yeah. So and uh, Aquaman had also beat the Dark Knight as of last week. So now the only DC movie it needed to top to be like the number one box office of any DC movie ever was, you know, it had to beat out Dark Knight Rises, which I think it's going to I, mean, I don't think, I know it's going to do that. Yeah, it It's going to beat Dark Knight Rises. Yeah. Especially since Japan hasn't even opened yet. Right, yeah. I mean, this one's kind of amazing. And if you look at the numbers here, and I just pulled up the latest, um, the the ratio of domestic to foreign is is incredible with this film. I mean, normally you'll see a lot of films like somewhere around maybe, you know, 40% domestic, 60% foreign, you know, as like a, as like a really strong foreign performance. And then you have other films 
films. Like I think like Wonder Woman was about fifty fifty, which was which was a bit odd. I, you know, Wonder Woman. Wonder Woman was more sort of the like, huh, where there was that nice even split. Yeah, yeah. But just just shows you either one of two things: either the foreign market is growing, you know, f- obviously faster than domestic. Domestic is kind of saturated. You know, there, any place that needs a theater pretty much has one, right? So you know, it's not like there's a lot of growth here. But we definitely know in the foreign markets, like the movie going experience is definitely growing, and you we're starting to reach a lot more markets over there. So you would expect that percentage to go up. Um, so there's either that or 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 these films are just appealing more enthusiastically to uh, different markets. So I, I'm not exactly sure which one it is. I, I tend to think for some reason, Jason Momoa's Aquaman really got this really strong appeal that is just kind of outweighing anything that we're doing domestically. Because here's the numbers. Right now, domestic is 28.5% of the box office draw. We're recording on a Saturday night. So this is after Friday numbers. We don't have Saturday numbers. No, yet. we don't. Yeah. And so then the foreign is like, you know, 71.5%. Almost 72% of the of the money is coming from the foreign markets. That's just unbelievable. I don't know that I've seen that much of a uh, of a difference between domestic and foreign. I don't, I'm going to be honest with you, neither have I. I mean, it's, and I also want to think about domestically, like it, it had competition, but it blew its competition away. Because if you look at, if you look at Mary Poppins Returns and Bumblebee, like they, those movies almost underperformed. You know, I'm, I'm not really sure what the expectations were for those films, uh, but Aquaman blew those out, but it's still, you know, but it's still making, but it's still making bank. And what I'll be curious to see is how its legs go. Yeah. Like how, how long does it go? Cause right now, I mean, I would, I would totally expect it probably to, you know, hit that three, hit, you know, hit that 300,000 mark this weekend. Yeah. Domestically. Yeah. Cause right now as of Friday, the numbers have updated to like, we're at 1 million, we're at 1 million 40, you know, worldwide. Right. Dom- uh, gross. So still that's a, that's a great, I mean, that's a great number. Yeah. I mean, there, any way you slice it, this is a great number. No, you can't argue with it. I mean, let's, so let's just look at a couple examples here. Uh, I'm going to pull up Wonder Woman here. And if I'm going to look at Weekly, now Weekly, Wonder Woman was out in theaters and I, I, it's so many, I can't even, it looks like 23 weeks before it finally left the theaters. We're at six weeks, I think, with Aquaman? Uh, no, we're at uh, four weeks. Is it four? Yeah, because I, I guess we won't count that first week. So yeah, four weeks. <laughs> and you've already got, you know, something that's eclipsed, uh, you know, pretty much every DC film except for Rises, right? So it's it's just, it's absolutely amazing. It's just absolutely amazing. So I, I would expect... Um, you know, because I, th- I think the next big film is in March is the next comic book film, Captain Marvel. March is the next, uh, Captain Marvel is the next comic book film. I mean, you got Glass this weekend. You've got like Alita Battle Angel. You know, you know, you're, you got some blockbuster fare coming, but the, uh, but the next really big comic book blockbuster kind of movie is Captain Marvel in March. Uh, by the way, if you were curious, uh, Dark Knight Rises made 1,084.9. 1 billion. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, yeah, 1 billion 84. So, you know, so right now, uh, Aquaman is only, you know, 40 you know, 40 million away from beating Dark Knight Rises. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 all but assured. I mean, it's, you know, it will exceed it. Although, I mean, Rises, and I don't know, they always have these things like, what is it in today's dollars? Well, not, no, but nobody, nobody adjusts for inflation. None of these people who talk about the greatest box office of any time ever right. are, is using adjusted for inflation. Because if you adjust for inflation, it's still gone with the wind. Right. <laughs> like, well, and, and, and I never adjust for inflation either because it also doesn't take into account that you have so many more 
more things that is are you know is basically taking people's attention and taking people's money nowadays. And you also don't take into account that tickets cost more these days. Right. Yeah. There's so many reasons. It, so don't play those games. <laughs> Just look at it like this is a new milestone. It is you know it's it's soon to be the biggest DC property film. Yeah. What I also don't understand is this weird thing about why you know people are doing the that measuring contest about the international market versus the domestic market. And it's like guess what? It's all money. Yeah. <laughs> Do you think they care? No, they don't care. Where the money's coming from? I mean, I just don't get that. I, I, I don't understand that new, you know, they, there's a certain segment of the, I don't know, of the media, of the populace or something that just keeps on wanting to diminish and, you know, keep moving the bar yep. to, to say, well, it's not successful unless, and the fact that Aquaman is doing, you know, all more than three well almost three quarters of its business internationally okay so like you said something about this movie really appeals to the international audience well and 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 the one last thing i would kind of say about it is like you know i i think one of the things that really made this appeal to the international audience is like i mean jason momoa let's face it the guy has a really strong and loyal kind of fan base that it kind of brought in a whole new group of people into these films to go watch these films and it was such a genius move to just cast him in this role well i think it's also the visuals i mean it, it's just pretty yeah it's just i mean even for my personal criticisms of the film uh going back to our review where i was like i liked it i didn't love it i mean there is nothing that i can say that doesn't go visually it is an achievement and the fact that it was not on the short list for the oscars just tells you how much i'm not going to bother with the oscars <laughs> this year i mean let's be honest uh, i'm just at this point i'm just hoping that spider-man into the spider-verse wins best animated feature and then i'll go home with my with my happy <laughs> face. You know, that's basically where I am right now as far as the Oscars are concerned. Oh, I was just sitting there thinking it last night. Like, I, I threw on Batman v Superman on my 4K uh, Blu-ray player, and I was just watching it, and I was just like, oh, this is so beautiful just looking at, like, the sharpness and crispness of it. And I was, and I kind of sat there and thought, I'm like, man, Aquaman is just going to look fantastic. <laughs> I can't wait till I get that one on 4K just to look at the visuals. Pretty. It's a beautiful thing. Um, So that's kind of it about the Aquaman news. Like, I mean, we've got some other things. We had some, uh, there were some interviews out there with some visual effects people there's um, a Patrick Wilson interview. Uh, quite honestly, I, I went through it, and I just don't think there's much there for us to really talk about. Hey, I did. I did want to. I, I wanted to take a moment right here just to give a thanks to one of our listeners, um, Corey Sims on Twitter. He did send me this link of this Fire and Water podcast that everyone's been talking about with the test screener uh, for Warner Brothers, who did an interview. If you want to listen to it, it's it's a tough one. And Corey Sims, thank you so much for sending it to me because I I was curious about what everyone was talking about. I listen to it. It's not easy to listen to because they most definitely have their preferences and their biases and they make them extraordinarily clear. Uh, but uh, but yeah, I, I listened to about five, ten minutes of it and I had to stop and go, I'll get back to this at some point. So we're not addressing it uh in detail only because there's a lot of stuff out there and it's a test screener for Warner Brothers so it's like what the you know it's kind of like well where's his information coming from and what's his personal bias and preferences playing into this so I just wanted to give a thanks you know when, when people give me the hookup on info that I haven't found yet I just like to say thanks yeah I mean I, I had it in the notes and uh, you know, I kind of read through uh, some of the summaries I didn't listen to the podcast but I, I read through some of the summaries of um, some of the discussion points in it and I didn't to me it wasn't all that interesting um, the 
the one thing Scott, you and I kind of talked about before we started recording is like, well, the one thing that was said was like out of the test screens, the two characters that did not test well were Superman and Batman, which is not surprising considering they were just really bad <laughs> portrayals of those characters. In just in the theatrical release of Justice in League. In the theatrical release of Justice League, yep. So that was the one thing that I would, uh, that, you know, that's one thing we can kind of say from that, uh, that discussion that they had with, um, with Neil Daly, who did the test screenings. And the other thing I guess we can say about it too is uh, uh, Daly did uh, reveal that it was primarily Josh, more than primarily, it was Josh Whedon who was kind of behind all the, like the, this quote unquote teenage boy sexual humor in Justice League. So. Well, we knew that. Yeah, which we knew that. (laughs) Yeah. So anyway, um, so that, that's about all I would say about that. So we're starting to get more of the, um, some of the promo materials with Shazam. Uh, We've got some great behind the scenes images of, you know, we've got David Sandberg with, with the cast behind the scenes. And then we got, you know, Zachary Levi uh, as Shazam and the Shazamly in a couple little images here that we had. So have you been enjoying some of the film covers that we've gotten? So like uh, Total Film Magazine has a couple different covers of Shazam. Well, we've got the one we already, we even called an episode a couple weeks ago, Big Thirst from the image that's on one Total Film Magazine. I'm glad to finally see what what magazine or book Zachary Levi was actually holding in that Total Film (laughs) because I've seen so many edits of that. (laughs) And I was like, what was the original image? And it's him holding the, uh, the Shazam New 52 trade paperback. And it's like, oh, okay, well, that makes complete sense. Yeah. Considering that everything I've seen from this trailer screams that New fi- that new 52 story. Yeah. So it's like, good. Good to, good to know what the original image was. Yeah. David Sandberg has been having some fun, uh, fun behind the scenes. Uh, I posted a picture of himself watching a 3D uh, viewing of the 3D cut of Shazam. Ooh, so, okay. So that was that was kind of fun to see. I'm, I'll probably see in 3D because pr- it always seems like my IMAX theater always does the the IMAX 3D is the evening shows. Yeah. So that's probably how I'll end up seeing it. Yeah. It's going to be interesting to see what approach they take. I wonder if we'll get like another advanced screen of this thing. Ooh. Now, if they do it, ooh, it's possible that if they do it this time, that would, if they do two weeks, like it's, it's April 15th, right? Right. If, if they do two weeks prior to that. It's April 5th. It's April 5th. Ooh. Hmm. Maybe. I might be a case where I, w- I might miss out on that one too. I don't know. Well, this is going to be a tough one because like both you and I are gone that previous weekend. Yeah. So like if they do a if they do an early screen of that, I don't think either one of us can be able to see it. Ooh, I don't know because I'm, I'm I'm honestly really jazzed for Shazam. Shazam's the one I'm looking forward to. Yeah, I'm looking forward to taking my uh, uh, certainly my daughter to go see it. Oh. Yeah, but this is this is this is the one that whenever I see a trailer for it, and I'm still waiting for that next trailer. Like we we are ready for a recording when this next trailer drops. I swear. Yeah. Um. Now there's some discussion about what the budget of this film is. I know there's a question coming up, so we'll we'll table that discussion until a little bit later. Okay. I feel like there's a lot of stuff that because we've been asked questions about it, we're just going to wait till we get <laughs> right. to the Q&A section of this episode. Yeah. Um, Birds of Prey ramping up. Uh, it's, oh, uh, excuse me, excuse me, excuse me. Birds of Prey and the Fantabulous Emancipation of One Harley Quinn. I know, I know. I, I have no problem with doing the shortcut. <laughs> well, that just sounds like the way you get through life is your shortcuts. And you know what? I, I, I'm i all in, Tim. I go all in. Are, are we done? No, we're never done. Okay. So uh, Birds of Prey and the Fantabulous Emancipation of One Harley Quinn. Thank you. Yes. I, I, I give in so easily. So it <laughs> <laughs> looks like Margot Robbie has actually been doing some training. Now, what's interesting is there were some like uh, snapshots of her working out and getting prepared for this. She's actually been training in some roller skates. That makes me very excited for one particular reason. <laughs> you like roller skates? <laughs> no. <laughs> do, you, do you know? Are, are you just are you doing your little I'm doing my know, thing. Go. You're doing your thing. OK. So so explain to us 
why we should be excited about her in roller skates. Uh, because Harley Quinn wears roller skates at times. Really? That's all you got? <laughs> that, that, that's all you've Do got? Do your thing, go. <sighs> in her new 52 solo series written by Jimmy Palmiotti and Amanda Connor, she, when she was, when she finally broke away from the Joker and, di- and you know, was living her, her life, at one point, she joins a roller derby team. And so, it looks like they are possibly, you know, can uh, continue, like, maybe at least homaging that, if not actually including that yeah. in the film. Now, if it's in the film, that would be so much fun. <laughs> I could actually see that. I can definitely see, you know, Kathy Ann doing something along those lines, because I guarantee, like, between her and Christian Hotz and the screenwriter, I'm sure they've been reading all the most recent takes of these characters, and and I can see that being a fun thing. I mean, because roller derby is distinctly a very much a very uh, female dominated sport, right? So I can I can see them really playing right into that. Well, but in the in the comic book run, it's it's all it's an all women um, event. Yeah, right. Like it's only it's only women teams. So it's it's really fun in the bonding she does with her teammates. It's it's a it's it's fun in that in that solo series. Yeah, I haven't read the solo series in a while because pretty much after Palmiotti and Amanda Connor left it, I left it. But while they were doing that run i was enjoying myself so there was a there was a tweet put out by ella j basco who is playing orphan also known as cassandra kane she put out a tweet and then deleted it but basically saying that yep filming has started so apparently she wasn't supposed to say that just yet but so she deleted the tweet um so uh filming is presumably going on at this time uh there's also been some other rumors which we won't necessarily go into but there are some people speculating that you know this is a a part one of a three-part series of films um there's been no reporting on this thing other than just Scant rumors, but we'll just kind of leave it at that. You mean they'd want to make more money by making more Harley Quinn movies? I'm shocked, Tim. How, <laughs> how dare you suggest such a thing? Yeah, I mean, specifically the rumor was, you know, uh, talking about like this part one being this Birds of Prey and then versus Gotham City Sirens being the finale of this little trilogy. So that would imply that there would be a Gotham City Sirens uh, film following this one. I could be down for that. For that? I mean, you give me a Harley Quinn, Poison Ivy, Catwoman team up? Yeah. <laughs> yeah! And that's kind of interesting, too, because, I mean, there's just been a lot of stuff floating around. Like, you know, they, there's obviously a bunch of characters that they've been wanting to figure out a way to kind of get on a screen. And you have different competing camps uh, putting forth their proposals about what their film would, you know, what kind of film would they'd like to do. And it seems like, you know, uh, the Kathy Ann's uh, Birds of Prey film is kind of jumped to the front here. And, uh, and I could see, I can see something like, you know, and bring in, like, you know, you know, Poison Ivy and just all the other characters that you can bring in. Um, I, I think they, you know, you'd be hitting on something big if you did that. So I wouldn't be the least bit surprised if we don't get any kind of confirmation that, you know, they might be looking at this. Okay. Well, we'll see. I mean, we won't hear anything. You know what? You know when we'll know about this? After the box office comes <laughs> in for Birds of Prey and the Fantabulous Emancipation of One Harley Quinn. Yeah, for sure. That's when we'll find out about that. Uh, Josh Gad uh, continues to tease about the Penguin. And of course, you know, he's been kind of rumored to be, you know, originally in the original conception of Birds of Prey, like the, you know, there was talk about, you know, maybe the Penguin would be part of that. And it looks like, and we've heard persistent rumors that the Penguin seems to be a character that, um, you know, that Matt Reeves wants to bring into the Batman. So, yeah, he continues to tease about it. So I, what do you think? I mean, I think teasing once or twice is one thing, but to continue to keep teasing. Well, you know, once is happenstance, twice is coincidence, three times is enemy action. At this point, it's a freaking invasion. So I <laughs> right. 
Yeah. I I don't know. I just, I was enjoying the I was enjoying the Meredith Burgess gif that he posted personally. Yeah. I just I just I just kept on hearing a lot of alliteration and a wah, wah, wah yeah. as I, as I watched it. So. Oh. Uh let's touch on, you know, since we're talking about the Batman, Mark Hughes over at Forbes put out um, what he considered to be like, you know, kind of like the, the latest uh best information that he has on a lot of the various like Batman rumors that have been floating out there. Well, there's Batman rumors? Oh, of course, of course. Uh, no, 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 sir. I, I, I didn't know this. There are rumors about the Matt Reeves Batman movie. Yeah, can you imagine? Do tell. That? Do tell. Can, I can't imagine that there be rumors about that movie. It's a typical Mark. It's a Mark Hughes article where he kind of sprinkles in some things he knows, and a lot of it is a lot of personal speculation. So you get you have to kind of sort through that. But we'll kind of touch on some of the bullet points here. Um, one thing Mark is is kind of plainly says in his article here is that the project is still firmly written and is planned for a new younger version of Batman portrayed by a different actor. Not surprising to us, right? We've been saying it for quite a while. That's where we're expecting it to go. Yes. And even that doesn't necessarily preclude uh, Ben Affleck from continuing in the role because Ben Affleck is the older Batman. So Right. Um, so that that's, uh, you know, it sounds like Mark is, from what he's understanding, that this is pretty firmly set in stone that this is the direction they want to go. Um, Mark confirms that the Penguin is one of the few villains that will be appearing in the film. So he says one of the few villains. So it implies that, you know, he's just one of like some other characters that we're going to have. Um, that's not surprising at all. And Heath is thinking, and what he's understanding is that it looks like the film is going to be slated for a 2021 release date. And he says, you know, it could possibly be pushed back to 2022. Now, I think this is just him um, uh, basically putting out there what he's kind of piecing together the timetable looks like. Yeah, he also, as part of his editorializing, uh, speculates that Wonder Woman 1984's change of release date was partially due to consideration that 2020 needed a, you know, a uh, a guaranteed hit yeah. on the calendar. Yeah. And then he also does note that, remember, there are, you know, there's a Supergirl and a Batgirl project that is in development. And he says one of those films is probably going to be releasing in 2021 and then the other one following a year later. So, uh, and then the last thing he kind of talks about, uh, he, you know, he kind of brings up uh, the Jack O'Connell rumors that that's somebody that y- you you see mentioned as uh, a possible person that could be the younger Batman that would be brought in. Now, Mark has been like kind of tooting a horn about, um, you know, thinking that Jack O'Connell would be a great person to bring in to play the role for quite a while. So uh, he just basically says that, you know, he th- he's not surprised that he would be on some of the lists out there uh, people might be considering. You know, it's just kind of logical. Uh, but he does say that apparently O'Connell has not had any discussions with the studio at this point in time about playing Batman. Okay, I have a question for you, Tim. Yep. Who? Jack O'Connell. Who? <laughs> I haven't seen him either, but he's, he's a younger guy. I think he's like 20... 20 he's in his mid-20s okay don't want a batman that young okay i'd like a mid i'm sorry i'm just personally this is preference i understand that i'd like like a mid can we get a mid-career batman (laughs) i mean i got an awesome like late career batman with athlete and i've seen enough of batman year one so can i can i get like a mid-career one (laughs) would that be so hard yeah a batman in his 30s yeah well i I mean, didn't we kind of get that with Christian Bale? But it was really year one Batman, right? But the 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 following films are later in time, especially the you know especially Rises. <sighs> yeah, Rises just skipped ten years, and you know he he was Batman for like ten minutes. Okay, and, <laughs> right. and I don't mean that as a criticism. I I still enjoy Dark Knight Rises, but you know I just you know it was I I want that's what I enjoyed so much about BVS was a seasoned Batman. You know knows what he's doing. Yep. So anyway, so that's that's kind of the. Uh, 
some of the scuttlebutt going around with Batman. Uh, now there is a there are some rumors kind of floating around, and they primarily come from uh, we got this covered and the Geek Worldwide, and this is concerning the new gods. And so this is some of the information about, or like at least we'll, we'll say this is just take it with a grain of salt. But this is the rumor about what the main plot is going to focus in on for new gods. So it is essentially this: it's going to focus in on Mister Miracle and Big Barda trying to escape from Apocalypse, and then that, you know, it's going to really kind of focus in on a lot of the, the political conflicts between Apocalypse and with uh, New Genesis. And that basically is going to be kind of the heart of the storyline there. So, okay. I've works. I've seen a Justice League Unlimited episode that did this very thing. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cool. I think it's fine. It's It's been done. It works. I'm okay with this. Yep. I'm even trying to, rem- I'm even trying to remember what the name of the Justice League Unlimited episode was. Actually, while you talk, I'm going to find that episode <laughs> because they've done that. I have, I have seen this plot. Yep. And then, uh, Kind of adding to that, um, Thomas Polito says that he's hearing that Granny Goodness and the Female Furies will be the villains in the uh, New Gods film, which is perfectly logical as well. <laughs> I'm about to say, if this is your plot, yes, it has to be. Those them. should be your villains. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I mean, I, I think that's fine. I think that's a great way of kind of introducing the worlds and the character. Uh, it, it does. It does kind of beg the question. You know, can you can you do this in such a way that it's going to, you know, that you can kind of like budget wise that you can kind of meet all the needs to show those two different worlds i think you probably can you could do a lot of practical sets for sure okay by the way i believe the episode it was season two episode two it was called the ties that bind oh there you go right after so yeah so that check that out to see this plot get played out the way it can be played out <laughs> for sure and i don't know scott was there anything else you want to say there's not a whole lot of other news maybe we can give a quick update on the american foundation for suicide prevention yes because uh ria the t-shirt campaign that i talked about in last week's episode uh before we started recording it has sold uh 2580 shirts and has raised over what did i say 52 52000 yep 52000 for the American prevention yep and we did the math on it we think that number that's being quoted is the actual net amount that is going to the foundation right net amount so it's after the cost of the production of the shirt so that is that's awesome that is awesome uh i also would like to say that um m- my analysis that i wrote for the t-shirt did get commented on by sex today so I'm gonna like just pat myself on the back. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna really gonna hurt my arm reaching over to pat myself yeah. over on the back. Yeah, you're gonna throw your arm out again. <laughs> uh, you know what? I do what I can. You know, someone else could probably try to do some analysis, <laughs> or maybe Chris and Jordan could have done that Patreon episode they promised. Just saying, that is true. guys. That is true. But I can't say anything too bad because Chris literally just, just uh, texted me to say that my theme song for Scott Shots is almost ready. So I really need to shut my mouth right now if I want that song. Can't wait to hear some eighties. Survivor. Oh, I, I just, I want to know what this theme song sounds like. I really do. <laughs> Was there anything else? I, a uh, couple of, th- oh, one thing. It's really cool that Jason Momoa uh, threw a notice up about the shirt on his Instagram. I thought that was really awesome of him. Uh, the last thing I wanted to say, be uh, a couple of animated things. Uh, Gal Gadot's going to be the voice of Wonder Woman in Lego Movie Two. I think that's kind of fun. And also, they have conf- Wonder Brothers Animation has confirmed that later this year they are going to edit the death of. Superman and the reign of the Superman animated movies into one complete film called The Death and Return of Superman. Okay. Kind of like what they did with The Dark Knight Returns when they did the part one, the part two. Right. But then like a year later, they did the deluxe edition, which was the whole thing. Yeah. They're doing that with these two films as well. Okay. I'll take it. Oh, yeah. 
I'll be I'll I'll do the same thing I did. I bought Death. I'll buy Rain, and then I'll buy the Death in Return. <laughs> it's what I do. Uh, unless it's a different edit, I'm gonna I'm not gonna buy the combined one. <laughs> so all right, time for questions. Uh, like I said, we we expected this to be a little bit light. Uh, we actually ended up talking more than I thought oh, we were gonna. Oh, there was one other thing. No, you keep on trying. Oh, to would move you on. stop? For God's sakes! No, I'm not gonna stop because it's going to tie into one of the questions we get asked. Okay, go. It's it, there's a, there's a reason. DC Comics is now available as part of Comicsology Unlimited. Okay, which we were going to touch on one of the questions. And this is what I just said. <laughs> All right, let's move on. Okay, so we have, I, I don't know how many questions exactly we have here, but we have 28 responses. So let's jump right into it. Okay. All right, first question on Twitter comes from Classy Ulysses on Twitter. He or she asks, I think it's a he, asks. It's a he. Yep, uh, asks a Justice League mortal script concept costume review. It's not really a question. It's a statement asking for us to comment on it. So do we have the script saved somewhere? Um, is, the, is that one of the scripts that you grabbed and like threw in our drive at some I, point? I think it is. I, I've actually never read it, but I mean, I've seen some of the concept art i mean it sounds like it could have been cool you know i definitely liked some of the casting um you know the people that were uh, going to be cast for it like I, I would have been down with a lot of it so i don't know the costume review i mean I, I like the costumes they have now quite honestly better so and i've never i haven't read the script yeah so i mean i just i i, I like where the the costume is kind of have evolved at this point so i mean i, I kind of feel like wherever they're at now you know you take you take the um, the henry cavill superman costume i think is exceptional um obviously you know Ben Affleck's Batman costume. I love that one. I like the um, the gold or the orange armor, the gold armor that we got for Aquaman. And so I, I like where the costumes are right now. So I, I would say I would just kind of prefer where they're at. Like, I think at the time it would have been fine, but uh, I guess that's kind of my review. Well, maybe we'll have to read that script sometime and do a review of it. I think so. I think that's worth it. Yeah. All right. Next question from The Aerial Spy. And the question is, what's going to happen to DC streaming service once the Warner Brothers streaming service comes into play? Well, the Warner Brothers streaming service is going to have three different tiers from what I understand. So there's going to, it's, it's, it's you basically just kind of picture it as like a, a cable streaming service package. So you're going to have your basic cable, then you got your, you know, you got your premium and then you got your ultra premium. And so I don't know, like I, I think the DC streaming service is a very interesting piece of the puzzle, which I don't really totally know where it best fits that's going to benefit Warner Brothers. Yeah, I could see the... You know, one of those tiers of the Warner streaming service, including the original content, maybe even the movies, but things like the the comics, I don't see how that gets wrapped up into a overarching Warner system. I feel like in some way they could keep the DC Universe app and service separate because of, you know, little bells and whistles like that. Because actually today I read my first comic on the TV. Now, I had read some com I had read a couple of comics on my iPad before. Because they've got that new Young Justice Outsiders tie-in comic that is exclusive to the app. And I read those on my iPad. But I actually read Action Comics 775 today on my TV through my Apple TV. And I don't see them putting that onto a a more homogenized, all-encompassing Warner app. Yeah. I don't see how it works for that service. So I, I feel like that they'll probably keep that app separate. But I would not be surprised if some of the content, like Titan, Young Justice, um, especially the the DC Universe originals, I see them sharing that content with a lar- with that larger Warner streaming app. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I can see it showing up in multiple places. Honestly, I mean, I can I can still see it being offered as a standalone, and but I can also see at least the uh, the video content side of it. Um, I can see that you know I, I can see them making some kind of arrangement that um, it can be like an add on, or it could just be something that's just um, uh, purchased by say Netflix, or it could be you know 
you know, or it could be Warner Brothers if they decide they want it exclusive, which in my opinion, I don't, I don't think they sh- should do it. I think they should just kind of offer it up. You know, if somebody wants to buy the package where they can get all the DC shows, allow them to do it and just use it as another revenue stream. So I don't know. I, who knows? We don't really know where this is going to go. This whole landscape is changing pretty quickly here. And so I don't, I don't know how it's going to land. Well, and as I pointed out last week, it was you know, obviously it was confirmed that that January 11th date, uh, that was just Netflix International. Yeah. In, in the States, all uh, Titans still, the only way to watch it is the DC Universe app. Yeah. So they are keeping it exclusive domestically, which I think is smart. We we talked about, like, we were worried what that would mean if you could watch it on Netflix, and that's that's not what's happening. And, and I still kind of maintain, like, for me, it's like I would almost rather, you know, if the, if the DC service, the streaming service, is not doing gangbuster business for Warner Brothers, I would rather it get attached to something like, say, Netflix than anything else. Like, for me, it's like, we know Netflix is going to be losing all their comic book properties that they, not all of them, but I mean, they're going to be losing all this, the originals that they've had with Marvel. You know, that's obviously going to be going to the new Disney streaming service uh, here in a couple of years. Well, and, well, they're not even going to the Disney streaming service. They're just ending. Like, they're losing the properties, but then even Disney won't be able to use them for like two years. For two years, yeah. It's not, so it's not even like the shows are going to Disney+. Plus. It's just Netflix is losing the characters. And so those shows are just gone. I mean, those shows are dead. Yeah. Those shows are just gone. And I, and I always kind of felt like, you know, I mean, Netflix is, you know, if, if they want to try to fill some of that, you know, fill some of that, like, you know, desire to have those kinds of shows, you know, involving superheroes. And if they want to do some of the, you know, the grittier type shows that they've done, I mean, I kind of feel like it's tailor made for that. So like I, I would, me personally, I would be perfectly fine and happy if they kind of took on, took on like some ex- exclusivity uh, with those types of shows. I mean, I'd be fine with it because obviously I'm already paying for Netflix. <laughs> so it wouldn't bother me one bit. So who knows? Yeah. I, who knows? All I know is that I actually checked today because there was an Apple TV update for DC Universe, so I had to re-sign in this morning, and it uh, turns out my, my DC Universe subscription is good through mid of December of ne- of uh, of the end of this year. Oh, okay. Cool. Because remember, when we pre-ordered, it was 15 months starting from when the service launched. So our pre-order bonus gets us all the way through the end of the year. Yeah, that's good. All right, the next question comes from, and this is Sammy uh, from... Shami Mondal. Call me. (laughs) Call me. All right. Call me Sammy. Uh, Sammy asked, first of all, how are you guys doing? Sammy, thank you for asking it. That is such a nice and question. Like, I really appreciate that. I genuinely appreciate it. Yeah, we're busy. We're we're always busy. Yeah, we're we're doing good. (laughs) We're doing good. I had I had a home improvement day today, you know, doing doing all kinds of things like, you know, being a plumber, being a carpenter. You know, there was there was a lot of plum. There was a lot of plumbing and carpentry today. I'll, I'll let you know that's that's how my day went. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm doing good. I mean, I, I've been tired this past week. Just uh, my last weekend was filled with work and then a, a travel delay. Flew in your house. Travel Ooh. delay. I got delayed with the storm going through. So I, I I wasn't able to get home until a day later. And so my whole weekend was shot. And then um, and then my entire family had the flu this past week. So I've avoided it. So it's just been a very busy week. So yeah. Um, so yeah, we're, we're doing good. We're doing good. But now to your question. Uh, after the success of Aquaman, do you think Warner Brothers will try to fast track movies like The Flash, Cyborg, and Green Lantern Corps. Um, well, I don't think you're going to be fast-tracking any of those films. No, I don't. Yeah. I, I do think, based on that Toby Emmerich interview in The Hollywood Reporter, they, they'll they continue to focus on solo films. Yeah. No, I, I, I mean, I think out of those 
films. I mean, I think the Flash film, you know, is 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 positioned if they can if they can get happy enough with whatever you know script that they come up with that you know they're ready to greenlight it. Like I feel like that one can be slotted and thrown in there. But and they just announced that, or, or some sites reporting that production on Fantastic Beasts three has been delayed. Yeah. Okay. So there, you can interpret that one of two ways. Fantastic Beasts three gets delayed, so that frees up Ezra Miller, so they can start filming the Flash, or they postpone Fantastic Beasts three, and then the Flash still gets slotted after production be- Fantastic Beasts three production. Yeah. There's two completely different ways <laughs> you can interpret that news because I've seen it interpreted both ways on the internet today. Yeah. No. I mean, I I kind of look at it now. Uh, looks like Warner Brothers they're trying to focus in on you know let's develop some new you know intellectual property here that they you know that can become the next Batman and Superman and uh, you know and I kind of feel like they they definitely feel like that's potential with you know Harley Quinn so they just definitely want to jump on that and they just those are the kind of things that I feel like they see the opportunity let's let's basically make sure those are part of the equation going forward you know so that's going to take up some of the you know some of the two or three slots that they would have uh, every year for like a DC film so the rest of it you know who knows like I, I think they're going to be looking for opportunities like doing some of these solo films like the Joker you know which is not going to be tied to the DC extended universe I think they're going to be looking for those kind of opportunities they you know let's let's face it I mean the whole market's kind of saturated with superhero films right now so you know they're going to be looking for anything where they can do something different and uh, so I don't know you know you know I, I, I think they're going to continue to look for that I mean we've heard about things like a Plastic Man film you know that would certainly be something that can kind of like you know stake out some new ground so so who knows and uh, Sammy I did not mean to ignore your tweet from last week it was just I was r- trying to run this whole network by myself last week as far as our show was concerned and I did see your question about you know how does one make it onto the show and I wasn't sure if you were referring to our guests that we had you know over the past year you know just fans who made on the show and they were on here because they uh, financially contributed to the show through Patreon and you know that's how they get on I mean normally we don't have just you know everyday fans on the show you, you know, we, we did the Patreon thing which by the way there is still a I think it was a suicide there's a squad cast enthusiast so it's $25 a month for six months you get to come on the show um, that's there's still like one slot available of that but otherwise it's other podcasters who were doing some you know cross promotion with it usually get in the show uh, now Tim is kind of a producer and boss man do you have anything to contribute to what I just said to answer Sammy's question from a week ago? Uh, I mean, the only other thing I would say when we launched Patreon and we opened up 10 slots uh, for people that contributed $10 a month for a year, I think it was a year or 10 months or a year. It was a year. And uh, so we had people show up as guests. Uh, You know, once that was completed, we kind of discontinued that. So we just have just the $5 option just to be a supporter of the network. Uh, So yeah, I mean, there's there's still some opportunities, but we we wanted to cut down the number uh, that we were at. All right, I'm going to move on. The next question comes from uh, John Babry. And John asked, how likely do you think it is that they release the Snyder Cut in 2019? Okay. <laughs> uh, we have some information that... Uh, careful. That we, we can't... I'm always... I'm more careful <laughs> than you are usually. So watch your tone with me, <laughs> yeah, sir. Yeah, but when I'm not careful, I can always edit it out. <laughs> well, you can edit me out too. Yes, I can. You, uh, you're... <laughs> I can. <laughs> uh, but we have information that would say I wouldn't, I wouldn't count on for 2019 just because of production aspects that still need to occur. Yeah. How's that? Are you happy if you just watch with your snidey comments <laughs> and just let me say what I'm going to say? I see, you said what you said. 
Yeah, it's. Uh, I will say this: there's not going to be any Snyder Cut release in 2019, and and it's not. Ba- and I'm not saying that based on like I have definitive knowledge. I just know that like it's it's not as close as we would like it to be. Yes. So, all right, moving on. Cashmere Angel asks, any chance of doing a contest where the prize is access to the Patreon exclusive content? That's a great question. That is a great question. Um, I, You know, I think there's possibility there, Cashmere, because uh, Casimir, is it Cashmere or Casimir? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I've always, whenever I looked at your name on Twitter, I always like say Cashmere, but it's like, is it Casimir? <sighs> I don't know. I know. I think it'd be like Casimir because there's not, there's not, not another A in there, is there? Yeah, I don't I don't know. I don't know. Let us know. Okay, getting back to your question. All right. Is there is there a prize? I you know what? I think we could maybe do something like that. And and we could actually do it very simply because, you know, there's a there's an RSS feed. Well, I mean. well, not just that. Well, not just that. I mean, we we support our own network as well financially. So yes, we do, and, and we don't we, need to, but we do. We it. are patrons of our own network. We are we are patrons of our own network, and we don't need to be, but we do it anyway. So so basically, we're paying for something we don't need. So we could just give that to somebody else. So we'll we'll think about it. We'll, I think that's a great question, and um, hold us to it. We're Scott and I are gonna talk about this. I'll talk about it with the other guys, and we'll we'll figure. Some something out so i think it's a, i think it's a great suggestion oh by the way i have a, i have a chris rimmer update he just emailed me my theme song okay now i'm ready to get through these questions so i can listen to it <laughs> <laughs> very good all right all right muddy boots 26 asked will we get a nightwing movie or is that pie in a sky talk now mm. i think it's always been pie in a sky talk honestly but i think chris mckay has been extremely quiet for a while so i i still think that what we're dealing with is uh everything's on hold until Matt Reeves' solo Batman movie happens. I really do think that. Well, I don't think it's as much as that. I Okay, how many times on the show have we talked about, hey, something's in development, and hey, we heard this is in development. we got to always remember, like, tons and tons of things are in development, Nightwing being one of them. Um, I would say the track record of these things that we hear about being developed, uh, what actually makes no, it... Not a... What's, it's, it's very low, and it's and it's not because, like, things are falling apart. It's just because, like, they have a lot of... They, they have a lot of people kicking around ideas, trying to develop things find something that they think is 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 going to strike gold and and when they feel like they're in a good spot to green light something that's when they do it so uh, i think the nightwing film was was one of those as well like it was like hey you know we got some ideas you know maybe get a script put together a spec script and say what you know what's this thing going to be about and if they like it then they they kind of move it to the next level and then just let it continue to develop and so who knows i i've i've always kind of felt like the nightwing film was had a, a pretty low chance of happening anyway and i don't think it's any different see i disagreed i thought it was I thought it had a better chance of happening but I will say it had a very vocal champion I mean Chris McKay was out there making noise especially after the success of Lego Batman yeah so I think that just made it sound like it was probably further along than it actually was mm-hmm. right because he was out there he was out there working the boards yeah so yeah. all right next question uh Salver Harton asks what happens when the unstoppable force meets the immovable object the end of all reality <laughs> The end of all reality. Okay, so this is the old that, The world will, it, it's a paradox. <laughs> it's, the world will end. <laughs> it will collapse upon itself, and we will all cease to exist. You are welcome. Thank you for this. And thank you for this pep talk tonight, Salvor. Yeah, Salvor obviously is asking, uh, I mean, okay, he's talking about, like, in this case, he's talking about Superman versus Captain Marvel. You know, Shazam is, is what I understand this to be, because otherwise he's just talking about the um, the scientific paradox, which is what you just said.
said. So um, why can't he just be talking about the scientific paradox and he just being a smart aleck? I think you'd understand smart aleck. It's, it's, <laughs> it's your primary language. It could be. Tim. It could be. Uh, what happens? Uh, let's go with the assumption that he's talking about Superman and and Captain Marvel meeting. Why would you assume that? I don't know. Which, why would you even assume? Well, because that? that was the tagline used in comics. I remember. So was it? It was. Yeah. Google it. I bet you it's out there. Uh, well, well, okay. I'll, <laughs> we'll see. How? What do I win? Google unstoppable force and immovable object. I Googled it earlier. Nothing with Superman and Shazam came up. Oh, I I remember something along those lines. So I could be wrong, but uh, you you look for and you, look for those words and put in Shazam and see if it comes up. Okay. Or I or got Superman. An, I I got an image. Okay. That's all. I do, I don't get an article, but I do get in the Google image search. I do get one uh, from Eric Flowers. Then, as if an irresistible force were meeting an immovable object, and uh, yeah. Okay, so I've seen the one panel you're talking about. <laughs> I've heard him refer to that before, so there's probably more out there. But, okay. Um, well, I mean, what happens if they meet? I mean, a billion dollars is my guess. <laughs> <laughs> That's what that would be my guess, but we'll see. I mean, we still at least at least eight hundred million. We we have to resolve the Henry Cavill situation first. All right, uh, moving on. Kenny Crowley asks, "Do you guys think we will get some movement on the Supergirl movie this year?" Probably, probably not. No, I I feel like the Supergirl movie is gonna happen after probably the. I feel like this Batgirl movie has been in production longer than the Supergirl movie, and especially if the Birds of Prey and the Fabulous Emancipation of One Holy Quinn does well, I can see Christina Hodson's stock rising mm-hmm. because even though Bumblebee didn't do well in theaters, that because people were watching Aquaman yeah. and had Michael Bay f- bad because people who did see Bumblebee told me it was a better movie than previous Transformers movies. So that I would say that would attest to Christina Hodson's work on that film. And then, well, we'll see how Birds of Prey and the Fantastic Emancipation of One Harley Quinn goes. Yep. All right. DC Outlaw asks, do you think Warner Brothers is learning the right lessons from both Justice League's failure and Aquaman's successes? As long as they're making money, yes. And as soon as they don't make, as soon as they d- think they're not making money i don't think they learned from their lesson again well <laughs> i mean I, I i think they learned their lesson with justice league's failure because i mean pretty substantial changes were made kind of in the management structure so i feel like you know they whether they learned their lesson or not they they reacted appropriately i think to it well they, they're always good they're always good at reacting <laughs> they're good at reacting the, the, they're good at reacting uh the question is you know i just think finally they reacted in a way that they put somebody in charge who should be in charge yeah. Uh, but I really feel like, you know, Aquaman was already in production under the old regime anyway. Because, I mean, John Berg and Jeff Johns were still listed as executive producers on this film. Yeah. I feel like Shazam, and correct me if I'm wrong here, Tim, because you always do. I, I feel like Shazam is the first film we're going to get that was done almost primarily, like a prim- uh, like mostly under Hamada's reign. Am I wrong on that? Or is that Well, Sh- I mean, yeah. yeah. I mean, the idea of a Shazam film came under the previous administration. In fact, it, it actually goes all the way back to um, the original with Zach and Debbie, and it goes all the way back to them. It, because, I mean, that goes all the way back to the original film slate that was put out, like, God, five years ago now, six years. So uh, so the idea of a Shazam film started a long time ago. But you are you are correct. Uh, you know, it was Hamada that, you know, liked the idea of bringing Sandberg over because of, you know, he worked with him, obviously, over at New Line. So, uh, so I would say this one at least is under Hamada. Now... You know, because it was Shazam, and because we know 
know, the influence of what Shazam is going to be built on is built very heavily on the Jeff Johns run in New 52. So uh, I would say that, you know, there was there still has to be some involvement of Jeff Johns and company, you know, kind of at least at the very early end of that film. But I think it right. still kind of goes back. You're asking, you know, did they learn their lesson? I mean, I, I think you know, they've been saying for over a year now that they they want to kind of get back onto refocusing in on being a director driven uh, you know studio when it comes to these films you know that's something that they least say now whether they actually do it that's a different story but like that's a completely different that's story, a completely different but, story. Good, but that's what like the they say I mean, that's what Toby and Mick were saying in that Hollywood Reporter article that came out this weekend yeah like he that was the that was a little soundbite that everyone kept sharing and some of us were rolling our eyes because <laughs> we were like sure you are yeah but he's been saying it I mean this isn't the first time he said it they said it you know after justice league i mean this is i think the you know i think this is where they said you know we we need to kind of recommit to this you know at least i'm hopeful that they're being sincere about this thing but i i think you know i think if you look at some of the films that are being developed right now and some of the ones that are just now entering production i mean i i think it's kind of safe to say it seems to be that they they are truly trying to leave as much as they can into director's hands now they obviously had huge failures with that you know last um last with a couple of the DCEU films so hopefully going forward they're they're trying to put themselves in a position where they're separating these films so they're not so tied to this overarching story uh, amongst the shared universe that allows them to kind of stay a little bit more hands off so so I'm hopeful all right Lily asked I have two questions first do you think we will get a cyborg movie since Aquaman was a box office success Scott not anytime soon I mean it's not the answer people want to hear no. but I think it's the truth I don't see it ha- I don't see it happening anytime soon I don't either I'm hopeful that it will but like i i think one of the things that has always been a little bit of a problem with cyborg has been the the budget that it's going to take because you know unless you do something that can really get people excited like say aquaman was able to do like you know it's it's going to have to have a larger budget and just 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 because of the effects of you know cyborg so i don't know i i i, I don't see it honestly and, and and it's not that we don't want to see it it's just that we just don't think they're going to make those business decisions to see it yeah we don't think so. Uh, second question: Since Fantastic Beast three production got pushed back, what does this mean for the Flash movie? We kind of touched on that one already. We touched yeah. on that. You have two. There are two options. They can put they could slot Flash in sooner, or they push Flash even further till after Fantastic Beast three. What they're going to do? Who knows? Who knows? <laughs> Uh, the other question is, do you think Warner Brothers is considering recasting? Uh, I don't think so. I don't think so. I don't think so. I mean, you know, I mean, Miller's, Miller's uh, I mean, he, he just didn't get a fair shake in Justice League. But I, I kind of feel like, I mean, he's... Because nobody got a fair shake in Nobody Justice got a fair League. shake. But I mean, I, f- I feel like he's somebody that Warner Brothers definitely wants to have. You know, like they identified him and they, w- they wanted to have him, they wanted to have him, you know, as a character, you know, a superhero film. So like, I kind of feel like they, they want to at least kind of run that one to ground. Like, I just don't see i don't feel like there's a need to recast at this point he's a, he's a great ambassador for the franchise anyway if you if you can kind of put him in a position where he can be that um jesse bustamante asks you <laughs> scott have you read the kitchen yet no but i have borrowed it from comiXology unlimited as of tonight there you go any and, and and did you borrow it because jesse told you to i i borrowed it because jesse because i saw the tweet and jesse informed me that that was a possibility so as soon as i saw it i went to my comiXology app and <laughs> borrowed it yeah so it is downloaded on my iPad, ready to go. Yep. So uh, Scott will be reading that tonight. I am sure. All right. I am sure. Yes. Yeah. Um, okay. Travis Hines asked, "Would you like to see Shazam open earlier internationally than domestically after the success of Aquaman?" Mm, 
Why? Uh, what? This is what I would say. Why not try it out? Again? It worked once. Why not give it a shot? Now, you do run the danger that if Shazam doesn't appeal to the international audience the way that Aquaman did, what you're going to get are all the clickbait articles that start spelling out the doom and gloom of Shazam if it doesn't just immediately mirror Aquaman's success if they try the same strategy again. Yeah. That's the danger you run into. Now, was it an interesting strategy? Yes, and it is paying off. It, it They're laughing their way to the bank because it worked this time. But the but the first time it doesn't work, all them bloggers and naysayers are going to be lining up to write those clickbait headlines that you know are going to come if it doesn't work. No, they'll be lining them up anyway. So Well, yeah. I mean, I, I think when it comes down to it, I mean, I, th- I think we have to give Warner Brothers, you know, uh, uh, at least... You you know, they're, you know, especially on the marketing side and when it comes to planning these rollouts, I mean, they, they understand this side of the business pretty well. Like if, if they roll it out early, it's because they have pretty good confidence that it's the right move to do. You know, they clearly had that confidence here with Aquaman. So um, I would say if they roll it out early, it's like they, they must have every indication that it's the right move to do again. Yeah. But I, I will be interested to know what I'm interested to see how that goes. Yeah. Like, what do they think that that is? Yeah. All right. Tim Rooney asked a Feelings on R-rated comic book movies. Do you find that to be limiting the audience that stems from an art form initially meant for children? Uh, do I find it limiting? Well, depends on your definition of limiting. I mean, do you immediately limit the audience that can uh, officially buy a ticket? Yeah, you do. But I feel like too many people ask this question in a way that suggests that R-rated comic book movies shouldn't happen. And um, I disagree with that. And I would also say while the intention of comic books historically has always been as a medium for children. I also feel like historically you can go back and realize that uh, they have not always been written for children and their audiences have not always primarily been children, even when you go back to like the 30s and the 40s. Yeah. I mean, one of the biggest audiences in the 40s were troops overseas during World War II, and sales sales dropped when all the service members came back home. Yeah. So I I personally historically always take an issue with the idea that comic books have always supposed to have been for quote for kids. Now people might have written them thinking they were for kids, but that didn't always pan out to be who the audience was necessarily. So and do I find it limiting? Technically. You can say it's limiting, but sometimes, Tim, and I don't I don't know if you feel this way or not, but sometimes I don't like a question like that because it, it makes an assumption that if you say, yes, it's limiting, then it means that you are against R-rated comic book movies. And I am most ass- uh, assuredly not against the the concept of R-rated comic book movies. Some of my favorite comic book movies are, no, actually, tell you that, my favorite comic book movies are the R-rated ones, actually. Yeah. Because uh, BVS Ultimate Edition and Watchmen are, and Logan. All technically rated R. Yep. Well, and I guess we're going to be putting that to the test with Birds of Prey and the Fantabulous Emancipation of one Harley Quinn, right? Thank you. So, so that'll be rated R. So I guess we'll kind of be putting this to the test because everyone always says like, oh, but every, but all the young girls are going to want to go see, you know, you know, Aquaman. Well, yeah, all the thirteen-year-old boys want to go see Deadpool. And <laughs> guess what? I think they all, saw, I think they all saw it anyway. Just, just saying. They're going to find a way to see it. All right. Uh, Brooklyn Batman asked, "What Batman villain would you like to see in a Matt Reeves film? Do you think? Do you think we'll?"
will ever see The Rock as Black Adam at this point? That's the second question. Let's go with the first one. What villain would you want to see? Short answer. Hugo Strange. Yeah, that's that's one that's got, you know, that's going to have to happen sooner rather than later. Hugo Strange is going to have to happen here soon. Um, So yeah, I'll co-sign to that. Uh, I've got, okay, I've got an unconventional one. I want to see the calculator, so the the newer interpretation of the calculator you 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 go you go stand that and on your little island <laughs> go right ahead no i do i do want to see um kind of like a battle of wits and you know like somebody that is you know kind of playing that oracle type role because it it gives us the opportunity to like maybe bring in like a, a bat girl bring in an oracle that kind of thing so so yeah like i said unconventional i mean if i was going to go real unconventional i would pick dr you know dr phosphorus which is like an old old school batman villain that i just love to see no no you understand kite man is where it's at kite man kite it's, man all about, it's all about kite man yeah uh the second question was you know do do you think we'll see the rock as black adam at this point um i think if if you know if dc films kind of continues to just perform like it is at the box office i think uh you know i kind of feel like the rock's gonna find some way to make this film happen i think it you know what i think it depends on how well shazam does yeah it really does I'm, I'm, i think that's what <laughs> shazam makes bank that that black adam movie it and or a Black Adam appearance in a Shazam sequel, that's going to be happening sooner rather than later. For sure. Uh, yeah, and and we'll see if, you know, if, if Shazam is going to be able to save the DCEU. So, <laughs> all right. <laughs> Carter Smith asks, Toby Emmerich's comments on doubling down on a DCEU, not really worrying much about being a shared universe. Positive, negative, neutral? I, I have neutral because, I think neutral because it's basically just, you know, second verse, same as the first. It's what they've been saying the whole time. So if you want to listen to what the talking heads have been saying, that's that's technically always been their official story, whether they themselves have followed it or not. But that's always what they've been saying. So I'm neutral. Yeah. And, uh, and me personally, where my head's at, I'd like, you know, I like a shared universe, but I don't like an ultra shared universe. Like I like, you know, I like acknowledgement and nods to other storylines, but I don't like the storyline to have to be a slave to it, to, especially to some overarching, you know, storyline, uh, because that takes away creative freedom. And I'm all about creative freedom. Well, I'm, I'm positive on the idea. I'm neutral on him saying it again yeah oh so i gotcha so i'm trying to figure out what carter's point uh what 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 carter wanted us to be negative positive neutral about i thought he was just asking about the comments oh okay and i'm neutral on the comments yeah i mean the comments I'm positive on the idea i'm positive on the idea the the comments are consistent with what he's been saying for a while all right um kyle Belbeck asks with Macquarie seemingly out of the running for a dc movie who would you like to see direct a hypothetical man of steel sequel with cavill i mean a, i don't a, think he's necessarily out of it because he even even Macquarie responded on Twitter of people saying he's out and he was like mm, whatever you hear or hope just wait till you hear it from me so <laughs> yeah I, I don't I don't know I really don't know who I'd want for a Man of Steel sequel I mean there's so many there's so many great people I mean I, I just I, I, I don't even want to just say like I'd want to see this person or that person I mean you know I, I can give you some directors I don't want to see <laughs> I don't want to see a Michael Bay I don't want to see a Joss Whedon you know there's there's a, just a bunch of directors that I just don't like their style and uh, it's somebody that you know i don't want to see it but there's there's just a ton any you get anybody that uh, you know just has a great keen eye for being able to tell a story you know and also tell a story visually i mean like it just kind of excites me because they're like you know like what are we going to get from these guys like that part of it is just always always kind of fun so i i do kind of still hold out hope that we'll get mcquery i would be interested to see mcquery doing a sh- uh, doing a movie that's so cgi heavy yeah after seeing him do movies like the mission possible movies that are so this they're spectacular and their practicalness. Yeah, right. Have you seen Fallout yet, by the way? I haven't. (gasps) 
Blasphemy. Well, I was here. I was, I'm waiting on Jamie because we're going to go back and watch a couple of them and then kind of lead into it. So I just haven't been able to do it yet. Yeah. All right. Neo asks, Neo Bryce asks, if you could pitch an Elseworld story, what would it be? Red Sun. No, I, or was he asking you? Like, no, you. Like, pitch my own story. Like, okay, what? Pitch your own Elseworlds. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> this one, I'd have to think about this one. I mean, there's just a lot of, there's a lot of great stories you could do. Like, oh, I don't know. You, you have any off the top of your head, Scott? No, because so many of them have been, there have just been so many good ones. I'm trying to think of, you know, because there's so, there's always so many, because there's always the classic Elseworlds archetypes. There's the swap the powers of characters, swap the genders of characters, yeah. change the time periods of characters, you know, you know, you know, they're, you know, they're, they actually haven't done a lot of the, the what ifs, you know, the, technically they're all what ifs, but like, you know, what if this event hadn't happened in the history, you know, like that, I, I, when I think of that, I think of like the nail, right. the nail is like the ultimate, like the, what if this event didn't happen? What does the DC universe look like yeah. if this didn't happen? Uh, you know, what would have been an interesting sort of Elseworld story would be, you know, what if, you know, the events of public enemies never happened and Lex Luthor continued to be president. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Because he gets ousted in Public Enemies. Like, what if he actually got to... I want to do what would happen if, what, if he made it to the end. Like, I don't know in the comics, because that's a whole, how many terms he actually served within continuity. Yeah. But, like, if he had been if, if he had been reelected, if he, and maybe he was reelected, I don't know. Someone have to correct my comic knowledge on that. But let's say he, he got reelected and he served out the full two terms. What would that have looked like at the end <laughs> of that second term? Right. And does he let it go? Like, I'm just curious. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that would that would be an interesting story. All right. Uh, Matt, Gold Coast Batman asked. You didn't answer the question. Come up with an idea. I don't have one off the top of my head. I'd have to think about it. I didn't. That one was off the top of my head. I had to talk it through. Come on. Answer the man's question. I'll, I'll, I'll think about it. I'll think about it. There is all kinds of stories that I can think about. I just, I, I'm going to need to, I'm going to need to formulate my thoughts on this, Neil. All right. Moving on to Gold Coast Batman. Matt asked, have you guys heard any info on Warner Brothers planning any Snyder Cut announcements? No, we haven't. All right. Uh, moving on. Ancient Minority asked, uh, and this is Alex, uh, maybe you'll talk about the Neil Daly story. I'm confused. Suspect. Isn't it weird that the other scoops are widely known info, reshoots, nightmare vision? How would a freelance guy know about struggles between Warner Brothers, Juan, and Snyder? Well, I mean, it came out of his own mouth. It's not like it's it's not like it's um, unnamed sources talking about this stuff. So, I mean, we don't know. I mean, this guy could be just talking about things that he heard. So, I don't know. I, I don't put a whole lot of weight into it. So, whether, you know, whether it's suspect or not, like, honestly, I just honestly don't really care. <laughs> Scott, do you have any further thoughts on it? I just... I I don't feel like commenting until I actually can force myself to finish listening. Like like thankfully, you know, you know, it'd be someone to ask Ray because Ray listened to the whole thing. It's a two hour long episode, and I listened to like ten, almost ten minutes of it, and I was ready to stop. Yeah. So I would say ask Ray, or maybe we'll talk about it on Fans Without Borders. I don't know, but I, before I can comment, I actually want to hear the words come out of the guy's mouth and not just read quotations and excerpts where I don't have the full context of what was being said. Yeah. Uh, Morning Magnolia MM asks, uh, with the success of Spider-Verse, would we see DC enter a big budget innovative animation game uh, for the big screen for mass production for some of the characters we've not widely seen? For example, Batgirl, Zatanna. Uh, that's not already tied to the live action movie universe. I don't see it happening at this point. I don't see it happening only because historically Warner Brothers animation just has never really gotten big into the theatrical release. I mean, party. I mean, they try, well, they quote
quote-unquote tried back in the 90s and it because they but because they hedged their bets it blew up in their faces with you know uh, quest for camelot and then what the what they did to iron giant back in the day and then they've they've basically just stuck with the whole direct-to-video model i mean even mask of the phantasm started production as a as a direct-to-video and like Teen Titans goes to the mo- Teen Titans go to the movies is like the first time I can think of Warner Brothers Animation actually trying to put something out there. And even then, I mean, it didn't do incredible box office numbers. I enjoyed the heck out of it, but it was a very niche audience film that unfortunately came out the same weekend as Mission Impossible Fallout. Yeah. So I, I would I like them to try it out, sure, because I thought Spider Verse was great. But of course, part of Spider Verse was also getting directors who were willing to do something. Com- completely different with animation. I mean, the part of the appeal of that of that movie is this the visual diversity of the animation that they did. Um I don't see Warner Brothers animation being there yet. They seem to be happy doing their direct to video movies and then doing fathom events for the ones they think are big enough to put on the big screen. Yeah, but I mean those things don't come anywhere clear near the kind of money that uh, the Spider-Verse has, you know, made with that film. Well, not only what they not only what they've made, but they also don't spend that kind of money no, on it either no they don't so i mean i would say you know because of it you know i, I think every studio is looking at it so I, I would sure it's i'm sure it's on the table and i'm sure they're looking at it um dcu fan fam asks uh did you guys listen to the dc drop recent episode where they crunched some numbers and if so what did you think of his math i did i haven't heard it so i don't know no i haven't heard it either so we'll move on um uh, miles j cott asked if there was one really off the wall dc character you'd want warner brothers to make a film of who would it be i'm not going to say ambush bug why not do you not love ambush bug as much as you say you do um off the wall character i mean i I you know i think if they get they come through with this plastic man film i mean i think that kind of fits right into it um i would love to see i'm curious what he defines as off the wall yeah i mean i would say i would say things that are not you know uh, mainstream um you know certainly uh, plastic man i would say metal men or doom patrol like those are ones that i would like to see personally i want to see a question movie yeah that question would be awesome although i'm kind of at this point like they've what they've already done with you know with Watchmen and the Watchmen universe and all that I'm kind of at a point where like if if they're gonna just keep expanding the these stories and these you know for these characters give me a Rorschach film I want a Rorschach film I would take a Rorschach film over a question film because I, I kind of feel like you know uh, you know obviously Rorschach was built you know entirely off of the question right um, yes. at this point in time Rorschach has supplanted the question so I would rather I would rather they just go on and give me a Rorschach film I, I think it would be phenomenal I still stick with my thing I would want a question film so okay uh, Phil Barker asks, if Aquaman were to get a sequel, which it probably is, do you think the inclusion of an Aqual- Aqualad would be fun? I'm personally not real interested in that, seeing that. I, I don't think in Aquaman 2, because the Aqua the Aqualad I'm more interested in, and Brent and I talked about this on Patreon, is Calderon, and you need a lot more development before you can get Calderon in the films with his backstory. Right. All right. Uh, we're kind of running along here, so I'm going to jump through a couple more questions. Bump City asks, are you surprised by I should Zam's rumored budget of 80 to 90 million. Uh, thoughts that it may be too small to fully realize a movie of this scope and scale in terms of visual effects in particular for the fight scenes where Shazam's powers will be on screen. I think that's the beauty of what Sandberg is brought in to do. Well, yeah, I mean, this is exactly what, I mean, they're looking to try to find a way to to find some people that are used to working with smaller budgets that can tell a good story. And uh, and I think that's what this is going to be about. I think Shazam's going to be largely about these characters and family. You're going to see that heavily brought into this thing. Uh, I guess we're going to find out here soon. We're going to find out what David Sandberg was able to do with a small budget. But I'm I'm not surprised if that budget
it was that low, quite honestly. I'm not either because it, it, it's still, I mean, it's, it's, it's new line. He comes from the new line thing. This is kind of what Walter Hamada was brought in to do. And this visual effects we've seen, I have no complaints. So what I think it's just, you know, fewer VFX shots, more practicality and spending your money wisely. Yeah. And, uh, you know, there's a there's a trailer that's about ready to drop. And um, <laughs> I'm going to say, can I say no? Watch it. <laughs> Okay, I will. I just won't. I'll just say, just hang on, hang on. So you're gonna. I think you're gonna enjoy some of the stuff you're gonna see. So all right, Greg Horn. This isn't Greg Horn from Marvel, is it? No, this is Horn with an E. Okay, Greg Horn asked most anticipated DC movie right now. Shazam. I've I've always been that excited. I've always been excited for this one. I mean, I've I've always been more excited for Shazam than Aquaman. Even though I'm weirdly intrigued by the Joker movie. Yeah, yeah. I I mean, for ones that we one that we know is coming um, my most anticipated one is going to be matt reeves the batman but man am i excited for um the joker film i just can't wait to see you know what we get with that one uh and the other thing i would say is like i you know down the road like i just want to see a good green lantern core film so those are ones i haven't see when i when he said most anticipated film i thought i was talking about the ones that we know are coming like we know for a fact are coming out yeah like they're in production and so for that one it's shazam i'm giddy about the shazam movie yeah lee normanson asks is there any credence to Jared Leto being out as a Joker. I haven't heard anything about this. Yeah, we just don't know. We don't know. I mean, I, I, I you know, I mean, I think a lot of the plans uh, for him are, are kind of like on the back burner right now. So, but I don't think that necessarily means he's out, but like we haven't heard anything at this point. Um, okay. And I think that's it for listener questions. We do have one from, from Brent. Uh, you want to go ahead and take that one, Scott? We'll have to bring it up, you know. Well, can you bring the freaking question up so you can ask it? Maybe. Okay. Brent's question is, have you noticed that many die hard Snyder fans claim they want director freedom while also being mad other directors aren't more like Snyder. Note my use of the word many is not me saying all. <laughs> Very specific. I'm glad you clarified that. So, Well, it's coming from Brent, so he knows how everyone's going to react right. to him asking this question. So. <laughs> no, I mean, I, I, I think, and I, I would say we've been always consistent with that, Scott, as well. Uh, and we're huge Snyder fans. We, we want to see, you know, we want to see Snyder be able to do the films that he was able to do, and we wanted him to be able to continue to do what he, he was doing. Uh, but we also very much uh, want any new directors come in be able to do their take. And and we do not expect every other film to follow along lines with the tone, the seriousness necessarily. Uh, we don't we don't expect it to follow exactly what Snyder was establishing because that was what Snyder was establishing. Uh, we don't necessarily feel like that same constraint has to be put on everybody. Well, but but let's address this question, though. I don't think you actually addressed the question he was asking. He, he asked, because he know he's going to do this, so I'm going to go ahead and do it for him. He asked, you know, have you noticed that many diehard Snyder fans claim they want director freedom while also being mad other directors aren't more like Snyder? So, he's not asking about us. Yeah, yeah we've noticed it. We've noticed it and we've we've touched on it ourselves as well. I mean, we've, we've brought this. This isn't the first time this come up. We've said it ourselves. Like, you have to, you know, you can't say you want creative freedom with directors and then expect them all to have to conform to Snyder. Like, we've never expected that. What I think some of this comes from there's there's two sources for this one well obviously if they're fans of Snyder they have a preference for that kind of storytelling hey I I deal with this all the time that I see movies that I'm just kind of like yeah it's okay I've seen better you know because I have my preferences I I have the way I like stories being told and so it's not that so it's not saying that I want every movie to be like Snyder but I like it when it's like it you know it's that kind of thing and also I think there's a 
there's a segment of the fan base that, you know, when, you know, when they say, well, we want it to be the director's vision, I think there's a good chunk of that segment of the fan base that just doesn't believe that Warner Brothers is letting directors do their thing. Yeah. And, well, let's be honest. Can you blame them for being a little mistrusting of Warner Brothers? No, I, I don't think you can. Uh, I, I think, I think we just, ha- we need to get a few more, we need to get a few films in that are squarely in the Hamada era to, to, you know, to see how that goes. And for me, I can't judge Aquaman because I've never seen a James Wan movie. You know, I particularly probably need to watch Fast 7 because I've heard that's the movie that you really get the equivalent flavor of James Wan as a director as he was with Aquaman. And so, and the same thing's going to happen to me with Sandberg, but I'll be interested to see how much Aquaman and Shazam are alike or different, you know, and, and those kind of things. And so uh, I, I know where some, I know where some of them are coming from. And, and there are some who, yeah, I know what you're trying to say in this question. And yeah, are there some that are like that? Yes, there are. Of course. But that's also because they have their preferences just like you do. And, uh, but I think some of them are legitimately saying they, it's not that they want every movie to be like Snyder. They would like to get the Snyder movie that they were promised. And they also aren't trusting the studio to let other directors do their thing either. Mm-hmm, right. So what, so what may happen is that even if the movie is the way the director wanted it to be, if it's, if it's pushed over more into a more lighthearted tone vein, what they're automatically assuming is that's what the studio wanted. And they're not, they're not allowing for that to possibly have been the director's uh, vein. Right. Like that, that like that's the director. And, and you can say, well, what that's the director wanted. Great. But the problem is you're dealing with people who don't trust that that's going to be the case because of something that really burned our biscuit a year ago. All right. Definitely agree. Okay. Well, I think that's all of our questions, Scott. That's all I get. Really? You just definitely agree? No commentary? Come on, Tim. <laughs> no. I, I mean, I already said, I mean, I already said what I had to say about it. Obviously, we know there's people out there like that. So, yeah. Um, okay. Well, I think, uh, I think we're going to close out this episode. So, definitely filled it up with some questions. That was kind of cool. Yeah. Langston, where's your question? We we would have answered it tonight. I know. He just gave us that little presumptuous, like little animated <laughs> joke. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we know. We see how it is. We know what you're doing. We know what you're doing. So. Well, that's it for this week's podcast. Thank you so much for listening. It's been a lot of fun, but we'd love to hear from you, like tonight. So, contact us at Suicide Squadcast on Twitter, or you can reach me individually at ScottDC27. Yeah, and then on Twitter, you can reach me at Alan Fire. And of course, you can always email us at SuicideSquadcast at gmail.com. Uh, we love hearing from you guys. Uh, reach out to us. Let us know what your thoughts are. You can also find us on Vero, Facebook, our website at SuicideSquadcast.com. And if you'd like to be a supporter to the network, you could always go to Patreon.com slash SquadcastMedia. All right, Scott, I think it's time to close us out. Yep, and to all of our listeners, we'd like to remind you to go out and keep reading DC. See you guys. Bye. Okay, Brent. Yep. Yeah. We see what you're doing there. We know what you're doing. See what you're doing with that question. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You're always trying to put a wedge between the DC fan base. Yeah. So this one's for you, buddy.